Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I, uh, we go down a couple different paths, but uh, we start off by uh, talking about a new rosary he got. Uh, You can actually go find it at, uh, it's on Etsy. The name of the shop is Shell's Rosary Ropes. Uh, We talk about that in the sense of incorporating uh, old ideas into present day um, spiritual practices, prayer practices. We also talk about uh, the Sermon on the Mount and how even 2,000 years later, it's still a very controversial um, thing to bring up at, uh, at some Christian churches. And yeah, it's a fun conversation. So, But before we get into that, Thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia at Monk Drums. If you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. drcrpod.com is a place to go for other episodes of this podcast. If you want to check out David's book, dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go for that. We will also We also have up a audible version and a kindle version um and that the name of the book is uh desolate beauty the book of light and shadow and we also have a translation on youtube for american sign language if you search dreamwalker way as two words Uh, if you enjoy what you're hearing please tell a friend word of mouth and social media really helps us we appreciate you and let's get into it Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison. Hola, Sor. How are you doing? <laughs> I was saying Sinor and Sir at the same time. I'm saying Sor. Sor. Danny West. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Um, it is November. We're recording for December, I think. No, I'm really confused. Uh, we're trying to get some in the bag so we can take take December off as our per typical dude we've been doing this for three years that's crazy um in less than two weeks we'll have been posting for three years wow it's crazy that is crazy yeah thank you for your for being on the journey with us thank you for pushing us into this thank you Danny West for helping us the second half of it getting us getting us sounding good and editing um, yeah, I, so we've kind of talked about this a little bit, um, and it kind of came to mind, we'll just see where it goes, but, um, this week you, I saw that you had this badass, nice rosary and uh-huh. was asking you about it. Where, where'd you get it from? Uh, Etsy. And it's very, it's like handmade. The knots are obviously hand tied. And what, what is it? The Bridget? Bridget's cross. Yeah. yeah. On the, where the, the crucifix is usually. What, what, what did I say that one time? Crucification or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, crucifixion. <laughs> My Arizona State uh, degree showing through. Um, 
anyways, I was just interested in, because we've talked about your Catholic background, your Pentecostal background, and, and now your contemplative life background and just um, your the inspiration to sort of revisit. Because as long as I've known you, I don't think I've ever seen you with a rosary. Really? Yeah. I have quite a few. I've never seen them on you. Yeah, I have quite a few too, but I they're they're in a, they're in a drawer. Give them to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, what what was the uh, the inspiration to sort of re revisit that, or or may, or maybe not even revisit it, but just have it on you? Yeah, I, it was just kind of a whim, really. Uh, I guess in my early thirties, we I used to wear quite a lot mm. of jewelry for different seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, liturgical kind of things and then and then just kind of grew minimalistic and lazy and Mm -hmm. you know uh and then uh recently yeah i thought "Eh." i do i do uh feel an affinity with saint bridget of Mm -hmm. kildar ireland and um well last year at some point i can't remember but you gifted me that's one of her one of her crosses that i that i i have hung above my bed Watch over me as I, I do some sleepy times. Yeah, so I guess it comes from that. I've been kind of revisiting. I think I think we talked about it. I've been taking more, trying to be more conscious and more intentional about the sacred, I guess. Mm. And, uh, when I'm alone, doing the silence, doing centering prayer. Because mm. uh, we, we, I know we had talked about, you know, we progressive Christianity tends to minimalize evil. Mm-hmm. And tends to, uh, uh, you know, just say it's all it's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all good all the time, baby. And so, yeah. Now, when you're going to go out into the spirit world, you might want to bring some protection with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so, so that's kind of where I've been. Yeah, it's really interesting because it. When I saw it this morning, um, yeah. two two things came to mind. Yeah, so it's it's a really he he just he just whipped it out, <laughs> folks. <laughs> But it's a really like uh, it like a slate. Like there's a like there's a camera there. <laughs> like there's a slate gray. Yeah. In yeah. fact, for our uh, when we post this episode, we should take a picture. Yeah, of that. yeah, we could do that. Anyways, it's a it's a slate gray. That's that's um, oh, what what is it? paratrooper cord? I think they yeah, call that. Yeah, it's made of nylon knots. Yeah, I want and, to be able to wear it. And then on the bottom, there's a a metal, not emblem. What would what would you call that? Yeah, it's it's a, uh, I guess what you'd call a pewter, okay, a circle I think, I with so. with uh, Saint Bridget's cross uh, inlaid on it on the circle, Celtic knots in the circle. And so, uh, so it's a recalling of that. And yeah, when I saw that this morning, well, two things. Well, and you're talking about wanting to take this idea of like protection into the spiritual world or into your spiritual yeah. practices. And um, so the first part was the last, I don't know, maybe month or so I was reminded one of, of rosaries in general, but also of um, father Gabriel had given me the, the Orthodox have a, a similar, it's not a rosary, but it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a knotted thing yeah. and that they use for the Jesus prayer. Um, and he had gifted me that from one of the monasteries. I don't remember, I don't remember which one, 
And it's like I said, it's yeah. I put away for safekeeping, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of using it like it's meant, to, <laughs> like it's fucking meant to yeah. be, you know, like a good, uh, <laughs> like oh, I got to take care of this this sacred thing I was yeah, gifted. Yeah. Instead of actually, you know, using it. My, anyways, I've been thinking recently about it and getting it out and using it because that, that's sort of been my go-to prayer for this season is is the Jesus prayer. And just really, as I go through my day, I catch myself, I don't know, maybe a hundred times a day, just sort of getting in a meditative reciting of that yeah. that prayer. And, and um, for me, having that physical thing, sort of adding that. And then on the other side of that statement, I, I had a really, really interesting conversation. And you and I have, it. it's not anything new. I think you and I, like you said, you and I have touched about it. But that idea of like the divine, the good divine in the world and then the the chaos and the evil yeah. of the world. And, and I had a really interesting conversation with someone this week um, about those things. Ooh. You know what I mean? And sort of revisiting, well, revisiting for me and and for the podcast, this, this idea of if we're willing to uh, embrace and say, yeah, there's angels, there's good, there's um, divine guidance in the world, right? Like yeah. God is with us, you know what I mean? All these things. And, and for me, it's been, you know, up until recently, it's been like, oh, the other side of that coin, as far as demons or or evil shit, yeah. <laughs> um, does that? Oh, that doesn't exist, and just being super um, dismissive of it. And if one exists, the probability of the other one existing is is equally as probable. Yeah, but yeah. not in a dualistic sense. I don't. I I don't think. Ex- explain that more. So dualism would be rooted in uh, an ancient religion called Zoroastrianism, which is the origin of the modern understanding of Satan <clears throat> or the devil uh, with the vibricated tail and the horns mm-hmm. and, the, uh, and whatnot. Falling, falling from so heaven. It comes from, yeah, this <laughs> Zoroastrianism, which was a dualistic view of the universe, which, which was uh, that the good and evil are of equal power and mm. are in a conflict and we are in the middle of that conflict. I think most... I think a lot of people devolve into that basic dualism. Well, I don't think I don't think it's a devolving. I think that's just how we are. Yeah. Our brain our brain comprehends black and white yeah. very easily. So I don't I don't see it theologically that way or philosophically or even experientially mm-hmm. that way that, you know. But you think would you agree that it the fact that they both exist? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that so? That that's the yeah, point. Yeah, that's what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm I not. Just wanted I'm to not. Add yeah, that yeah, 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 caveat. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that no, that is a good point. That I'm not sitting here saying that they're. What, what did you say? Equally powerful yeah. or equally? Yeah, uh, du- what's called dualism. You know, uh, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think Judaism really ever taught that. There, there's probably teachers that did. Of course, of and course, Christianity. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think that's the original. From my understanding of the Christian scriptures that that's not well there either, you know? And yeah. So. And, and, and I think the reason it's so prominent and you and I have talked about this at length is yeah. it's easy to sell that at like a mega church level. Yeah. Right. Like to, exactly. to, and, it's da- on, and it can a, be dangerous. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just recently in the local news, uh, they were 
interviewing a, I won't say what background yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was, but it was a, a clergy member mm. who uh, summarized the, and this was their sound bit bite as well. Of course. Summarized the, the, uh, the Palestinian uh, Israeli conflict uh, massacre uh, that's going on right now on both sides. Mm, yeah. Um, as, as a conflict of good and evil. Mm. So automatically when you, when you demonize human beings, they're on the side of evil. Then mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. justification for... Then it's okay, quote unquote, okay yeah, to yeah, massacre. Yeah, so you yeah. end up with a Holocaust. Mm-hmm. You end up with uh, uh, it being okay for... This was going on in, in uh, Myanmar. Well, even Recently, they're throwing babies into fires. That didn't make the news because it wasn't, you know... Well, and it, because they were Muslim that were being massacred. Yeah. The same thing with the Uyghurs in China. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't... That, no, yeah, it's not... The, the fact that that's... There are concentration camps in China. Yeah, there literally are. We, we, and it, so this part's my opinion. I think because it's a Muslim population is why they don't pay attention yeah. to it. If it was Christians being concentrated camp in, in they China. They'd be in the news every day. Every day. In the Western every fucking, news. In the Western news, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying, yeah. So I'm not saying this is, this is being ignored altogether. Yeah. I'm, we're, in most of our conversations, in case you're new to this, because we're from America and the Western society and Western culture, that's usually yeah. what we focus on and, and try and to be specific it, about that. We're seeing it in this country amongst evangelical Christians demonizing people that disagree with them mm-hmm. as being evil, being on the, in league with Satan and and therefore worthy of imprisonment or death. Well, and, and, uh, and it's pretty... In fact, let me read this to you. Marsha sent me this. Well, Is that it, okay? Or, or we, it, before we get to that, one of the things that I've been thinking about, we, me, you, and Marsha went to lunch the other day and on the right over there, you mentioned um, similar thing. I, I'm not going to give too many specifics, but evangelical Christians not praying for peace in the Middle East. Right. Because that, and please correct me if I fuck this up, because then that's uh, a sign of the Antichrist or yeah, something. Yeah, there are many <laughs> ignorant, but very many, a lot of them. And most of them are in the, you know, are preachers who, who say, don't pray for peace because that's what the Antichrist is going to bring right. to the world. And uh, yeah, and that's, and when, that's and their we, space. And when uh, we're having the conversation, I don't, I think I miss, I misheard you or I heard you correctly because obviously I just, I just said it correctly, but I didn't make the connection with the Antichrist part. I thought when when we were talking about, it, I thought you meant Christ, like oh Christ is going to yeah, come no, and they do, have a whole mythology of peace. the Antichrist. But, but then later, when I was thinking, like I've been driving a bunch, I've been thinking a lot, which is always dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, oh no no no, he was saying he being you were saying like, oh no, they don't want peace because then that means the Antichrist is around the corner. Exactly. <laughs> so they yeah, just so it's my just so schizophrenic. It. Yeah. Which is their basic theology and well, and I think any root merit rudimentary belief yeah. is that schizophrenic. Exactly. Anyways, good. Yeah. So you said, yeah, Marcia so Marcia sent, sent me this yesterday and, and it's, I'll just read it real quick. It says in an interview with NPR, evangelical Christian leader, Russell Moore, who was a, he's a major author. I, th- I believe he was the, the uh, leader of the Southern Baptist for a time. I could be wrong about that, but he's a, but he's a Baptist theologian. 
which often is a contradiction in terms. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so, so in an interview with NPR, Russell Moore said that multiple pastors have told him disturbing stories about their congregants being upset when they read from the Sermon on the Mount, <laughs> in which Jesus espoused the principles of forgiveness Jeez. and mercy at the cent- as central to Christian doctrine. Uh, and then here's the quote from Russell Moore. Multiple yeah. pastors tell me essentially the same story about quoting Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount and to have someone come up afterwards and say, where did you get those liberal talking points? And Moore added, and that was alarming to me. Uh, or And what was alarming to me is that most of these scenarios, when the pastor would say, I'm literally quoting Jesus Christ, the response would be, yes, but that doesn't work anymore. That's weak. And so, yeah, and that's that's what's the state of which you can refer to my uh, the our podcast that we did. I think it was a, a faith gone rogue titled uh, where I'm going to double check. Uh, it, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, just yeah. being reactionary here. And so so, uh, yeah, this is well, this, and I think, well, the funny thing is, so when Jesus did the sermon sermon on the mount, those words would have been considered controversial, correct? Absolutely, yeah. And so then... It flies in the face of that dualistic, we're on the side of good, they're evil, they're aligned with spiritual forces of darkness, and therefore, you know... And so then fast forward 2,000 years-ish. Yeah. And the same reaction. Yeah. You know, those words conjure well, up the same which reaction. It is complicated, you know. I <laughs> oh, see, for sure. Because I see sure. fascism, authoritarianism as as... Definitely evil. I don't think they need some spiritual devil to help them. Uh, we do pretty well by ourselves as human beings to so create a pharaoh or a yeah, and you know, or a Caesar or a a fior. And and so the the conversation you're talking about, Faith Gone Rogue, was episode eighty five, mm-hmm. which. We posted last January, so it's almost been a year. Yeah, really, it <laughs> yeah. feels like it was a couple of weeks. Right? Ago. Yeah. It's, I, I, I was would, bitching and moaning about all this. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would have guessed it was <laughs> it was June or July. We're like slow summer for topics. There he goes again. <laughs> um, and 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 so and so, if you're new to this podcast, it, I will put this this out there. That is an important episode in sort of the conversations David and I have because it it gives a lot of perspective on. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm talking about you, but gives a lot of perspective about your outlook on the Christian church and yeah, sort of because I care. You've about been well, not only that, but you've been in the middle of it. Yeah, it's not I'm like invested. You're, yeah, I'm involved, I'm, and it comes from a place of caring, and um, I would say on a weeping. certain level, yeah, and and just uh, worrying. Yeah, mourning, yeah, mourning. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> to go, let's go back to the quote because that's a really. <laughs> that's, oh, it's, you want me to- no, 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 no. I mean, we might reread it, but one, and you shared a story with me and we can edit this out because it was, it was a, it was a personal conversation you had with someone, but that someone, uh, a pastor you talked to recently, a big, um, they said something to the extent about praying for one side or the other. I think they said, have you thought oh, about yeah, praying yeah, yeah. for Palestine? <laughs> And his he lost a huge percentage of his congregants the next year. No. I might be messing this story up. So yeah, no, I can. Yeah, I was talking to uh, one of our uh, 
I guess, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, our, a supervisor. Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. don't really, I mean, we're all autonomous churches, but uh, in the vineyard and, you know, we've been discerning our place as a, does a monastic community even fit, mm. you know, and right. do we represent your organization the way that we should? So we're in the, you know, and I don't want to just write an email and say, we're out of here. Thanks for the fish and yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and so I'm having conversations with real people and, and, uh, and this, this man is, this pastor is in Ohio, uh, probably about 20 years older than me. Uh, prob- probably in his late sixties, mm. early seventies. And, and so I, yeah. So I told him, look, uh, if, if the, if the vineyard is, uh, and they haven't done this yet, if, if they decide if the executive team decides to, uh, make some huge public stand against gay marriage mm-hmm. and turn an absolute blind eye to Christian white nationalism, mm-hmm. which is more dangerous uh, which actually kills people. Uh, I, I haven't seen you know gay marriage do anything but be fabulous and put <laughs> you know wedding coordinators in right. business, right? Yeah. Uh, I you know I haven't seen somebody uh, raid the Capitol steps to try to hang <laughs> no one, Nancy Pelosi no and shooting, Mike Pence. No one's shooting each other. No to one's have a gay killing marriage. police officers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so so I say if you're going to turn a blind eye to that and then totally ignore something that's absolutely evil, mm. truly evil, and is a p- clear and present danger to our public safety, mm. uh, uh, then I'm going to have a problem with that, you know? And so he was exasperated and he, and he just kind of like rubbed his forehead and like, yeah, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and he said he had just talked to a pastor, oh, a I friend of his story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who was, who, who is politically conservative, um, but also has, you know, gives gives a crap about the gospel. <laughs> you know? Well, and just uh, gives a crap about the gospel, but like true, in my opinion, true Christianity comes from the gospel. Yeah, and exactly. So, and so he apparently in his sermon told his church, uh, you know, you all are so obsessed with Hunter Biden. I almost said Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is way different. You than... should be obsessed with Hunter S. Yeah. Thompson, one of the greatest writers of our time. <laughs> yeah, that is a good obsession in my opinion. <laughs> old, old Hunter S. <laughs> I don't know how I became obsessed with him. And that was before the movies came out. It was just weird. Maybe it was when he showed up on Conan in the 90s and... Well, he's just, and if you've read any of it, you could take any three random paragraphs. Uh, they're amazing. And it, 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 it'll suck you in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've never, it, well, that's not true, but for the most part, I've never read three paragraphs by him and been like, oh, that was boring or Can you imagine if he had been sober writing that stuff? <laughs> well, I don't, I, it would well, Maybe it was because I was going to say, I don't, I, I don't think, I think his, the way he was able to justify putting some of that in the universe is because of his psychedelic trips, yeah. because yeah. of his obsession with wild turkey, to say it nicely. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. so... So, yeah, so the guy, yeah. So this pastor, conservative-leaning. Uh, so he's not a fan of Hunter uh, Biden, is what you're saying. No, no, yeah, absolutely right. not. Yeah, he's following all this that stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he says, yeah, so you all are obsessed with Hunter, Hunter Biden. Almost said to ask again. Uh, cause that's the only hunter I <laughs> care about. Give a shit about. Anyway. Um, but when's the last time you prayed for his soul, uh, to be saved? I can almost hear his Southern accent, right, you know, yeah. uh, which is, that's goofy anyway, but goofy in my opinion, shit, but, but I get what he's saying. It's, you could draw a direct line to the gospel with that. 
yeah. Pray yeah. for your enemies. Yeah, yeah. Love your sure. enemies. But he's talking about, yeah, everyone so if to you're, get saved. If, you, if you're a Trumpster, <laughs> the last person you're going to, you know, logically, if you're a Trumpster, the last person you're going to pray for is the Biden family. Right. But if exactly. we're looking at the gospel. Exactly. Love your enemies. Well, how do you love your enemies? Fucking pray for them, even yeah, if you don't yeah. want to. He literally said that in the Sermon on the Mount. Pray for your enemies. And, uh, and something like a third of his church left <laughs> the next week. Uh, and so, so they're, yeah, so they're just scratching their heads and it's become a wild, you know, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, I, I don't want to go down that well, trail, but yeah. But so, and, and this, and that's rampant, by the way, that story is very, is of course. And, and that goes back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago and what we've talked about on multiple episodes. Um, but this idea of, of dualism sales, right? And so if you want a yeah. mega church. You're not going to go up there and say, "Hey, if you're in a you know if you're in a conservative church, hey, fucking pray for Hunter Biden, right?" You're not yeah, going to say yeah. that. You're going to go up there and say, "Hey, yeah, Hunter Biden is the devil, yeah, and we need to stomp the devil out, or whatever you know, whatever they yeah. you know, however they might phrase it." Whereas if you go and say something, you're because it is goofy, <laughs> and it portray it, it gives a very clear um, image for 2023 of like, hey. You know, this thing Jesus is talking about on the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Yeah, that seems nice in words, right? So let's let's put it in your face. Yeah. This is what he was talking about. You you and you know, and and the other the, you know, if you're a, a Biden a Bidener and you're <laughs> and you're fucking it's like go pray for fucking Trump Jr. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had to grow up with fucking Trump Sr. You know what I mean? That couldn't have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's just putting that. And, and praying for the orange man himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's a very broken man. Yeah. This is a very broken. I think in a lot of ways he does represent our culture. Where we're at as a people. Well, we're broken. We're toxic. And and we need that kind of salvation. We need mm-hmm. that in the sense of healing, salve, you know, salvation. Well. We, we need healing. He, he needs. He's, he's incredibly. uh Broken, you know. Well, in the in the sense of, I can relate um, to some of that in, in my sen- own brokenness. You yeah, know? in the sense of um, radical salvation too, right? This idea of of yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. praying for those people that we think are well, and I mean, in this case, people think he's legit Hitler. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and you know, and it's funny because I remember as a kid uh, when they would do the. Oh, what's it like the prayer requests and they would do like oh, for yeah. the world leaders and stuff right, like right, that. And, yeah. and I always thought how goofy that was until I started thinking about it in the sense that you're talking about today of like, and I think, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast and I don't think it's that controversial of a take, but if you get to the point in your life where you're running for president of the United States, you have some sociopathic tes- tendencies I about think it. So. You know what I mean? And so ambition and this, is a major factor in your life. How can yeah. it not be, right? And and so and that I'm not talking Republicans, I'm not talking Democrats, no, I'm any not talking kind of any power of it. like that. Yeah. And so when I think about that, thinking of it as a kid, being like, why you know, why are we praying for world leaders? You know, because in, in my mind it was like, oh, we got to pray for our leader to be right, because God's yeah. chosen him. But it's what I think about today is what you're talking about, that the world leaders are in this 
most of them are in a very broken place because like, yeah. all of us are, every human being is. And so praying for them to have some yeah. kind of, some peace, some, some, uh, oh, I don't even, it, it's such a, yeah, it's such a complicated thing. But if you say that, then you get that, you get that thing where someone, oh, well, that's the weak outlook. Yeah. That's, that's which, which is the way of Christ. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's vulnerability. It's weakness. It's not, it's brokenness. It's not the way of Caesar. That's the entire theme of the Christian scriptures is Christ and Caesar. That's, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, a, a new way of, of a new economy, a new way of doing things called the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, uh, versus the kingdom of Rome, the Roman empire. That's the entire theme of that first century church. And that, and uh, that's the, you know, you talk a lot of, about, or maybe not a lot, but you do talk about like the gospel um, being, there's a, a comedic aspect to the gospel. Yeah. It's like poking, yeah. you know, poking, poking authority in the eye. And that's the whole thing. Jesus calling himself the son of God. Yeah. Caesar literally made everyone call him the son of God. Yeah. And that was his, his recognized position yeah. within society, within that society. <laughs> yeah. The greatest human being in the ancient world, the great, the, if you looked at the most godlike human, of course it's a man and it was Alexander the great mm. who was called the son of God. And that was the epitome of, if you wanted to be the greatest, uh, the, if you wanted to reach your full potential as a human being, uh, it was to look towards Alexander. The, I mean, they didn't see the world individually. Right, 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 yeah. But Alexander the Great was the one, and, and he was called the son of God. And that's what the early church is, is uh, poking in the eye, that mm -hmm. empire kind of thing. And and it's always, you know, it's always been that way. And Christianity was never meant to be a, uh, power at the center of the political world. This age is passing away. That's what they're talking about. When, when the Bible talks about the world, they're not talking about uh, worldliness, all oh, your language. Mm. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, it meant don't drink and smoke. Uh, well, and you don't, even, don't, be, don't listen to the... Or watch the naughty movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, movie yeah. List. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the morally offensive movies. Yeah. Uh, Secular music, uh, wearing those devil T-shirts, <laughs> you know, and all that's not that's that's just dumb. Yeah. That's goofy. It's talking about serious uh, the, the 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 world system of the strong survive, which is basically what evangelical Christians believe. They believe more Ayn Rand from Atlas, Atlas Shrugged, who was an absolutely shitty human being, yeah, by the way. Right. They believe more of that baptized in some Christian language than they do the actual gospel. And, and so the, the gospel is always meant to be marginalized for the marginalized. That's why they don't understand when they read the Beatitudes. Nobody, they don't get it. It mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to think that you know, this revelation of Christ is, is for everyone. But I, I think if you're absolutely privileged and in power and in control, I don't think you can even begin to understand what Christ is about. Uh, you just can't, you're blinded. And yeah, but I think, and we've talked about this for, for sure, that, you know, life has a way of, it's the Mike Tyson quote, right? Well, yeah. Every, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, and, and life always punches everyone in the face, right? There's no one, yeah, there's no one that gets out unscathed. You know what it's, I mean? It would seem that way. And... I think those moments are the ones, and for some people, they're few and far between. Grant, you know, I'd, 
I will give you that. You know what I mean? But I do think there's those moments where in those breaks, right, in those cracks is where the grace of this Christ idea can break through. And it's it's not going to take with everybody. You know what I mean? That's just and that's just life. That's that's any idea or any concept. That's just the way life plays out. You know what I mean? And so, Um, yeah, but there is something about living a marginalized life, living in a war torn life, living in a um, forgotten life. You know what I mean? The list can go on. Right. Well, just go read the fucking Beatitudes. (laughs) It'll 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 list them there for you. But there is something about that life that cracks open this idea of of the grace of Christ and the life of Christ and the, the ideas that Christ is espousing. Yeah in a um that can be embodied in a, a more tangible way i believe and it's all over the place right it's uh, so so the the jews would call it uh the desert or the wilderness mm-hmm. and you're destined for that jesus himself used the 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 the, the image of jonah mm-hmm. uh you know the three you know swallowed mm-hmm. by a, a large fish and uh, that's a big fish inside of it. Yeah. For three days, a big fucker, ain't you? and then vomited up on a foreign shore that you didn't choose. Yeah. That's, that's his image. The early Christians uh, called it the cross. Uh, Carmelites call it the nada, the, the Spanish Carmelites or John of the cross, the, the nothing. Uh, Buddhists call it the emptiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it goes, uh, you know, Islam itself, the word Islam means, surrender Mm. so it's this surrendering it's this so it's all over the place but the gospel is so radical that you'll wrestle with it the rest of your your life Mm -hmm. you know i wrestle with these issues i haven't resolved yeah i i like living in a secure country right that has the upper hand i i i struggle with that and i believe in the in the principles of of uh the ideals of democracy in America and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, so I struggle with mm-hmm. those things all the, and I think that's what we should do is well, struggle with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go to a, I know there are, I've, I've met, I've met people who are involved in communities whose founders, uh, were arrested in the seventies for protesting on, uh, nuclear, sites yeah. and they're still in prison yeah. and that's pretty radical you know yeah. i'm but i'm not even close to being yeah. there you know yeah. uh well so, i mean that the house um that tucker lived in in west baltimore right were founded by some of those people right yeah. exactly yeah and um, so so it's so the the gospel's radical yeah. and, it, and it's always continually to move it's a moving radical edge if you will and uh well and i think the thing is too you know, because it's well, and this goes back to we've talked about this recently quite a bit, but this idea of just embracing cynicism because that's sort of the easy thing to do. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And 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 the easy thing to do is to not, you know, is to say that thing like, oh, the the sermon on the mouse for the week. We don't we don't do that in these parts. <laughs> Law yeah, don't yeah. go around here, yeah, law yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> Gospel don't go around here. Gospel dog. We um, only do the Jesus in Revelation, who's coming with a white on a white horse, and <laughs> and I emphasize white. And so, yeah. so, what is he wearing a sheet? Be, yeah, right. Being able to wrestle with these things, and 
And, you know, because people are, oh, well, that's, it's easy to wrestle with things when you're in a, in a safe and secure country. And, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. And that just happened to be where I live. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, but I'm still willing or I'm still attempting to, to step into these uncomfortable conversations, to step into these uncomfortable thoughts. Because a lot of it, too, is the internal work. Yeah, of, and of, that's what I'm of, pointing at. Yeah. You know, wrestling with internal it and, conflicts. Um, before we turned on the microphones today, you know, I talked. We talked about that this morning. I had seen a picture of a guy. I don't know if it was Times Square, but it was an obvious a oh, yeah, yeah. a place of of tourist tourism going on. Right. And he's standing there, and in one hand he has six he's or seven Israeli flags, and in literally the other hand, six or seven that's Palestinian true. flags. Right, and that just how much that embodies the not everybody but a common thought in the in, west, yeah. in the west of like let the war be somewhere else yeah we will profit off of it in some way shape or form whether it's supplying weapons which we've been doing for countries for the last i mean for years and years but you know, for sure since 9-11, right? Yeah. So for over 20 years, rebuilding those countries after we've supplied the weapons to blow them up and tear them down. Yeah. Um, the military uh, industrial complex, so sending uh, combatants over there, whether it's through our own military or even the advent of these um, independent uh, soldiers for hire, basically. Yeah. on both, And they work on both sides, you yeah. know what I mean? And... and um, just the uh, capitalism running the world and having yeah. no no conscience or seemingly having no conscience, you know what I mean. And so being in the middle of that, as a as a you know I'm I'm American. I've lived in the West. I've grown up in the West. I've profited off of capitalism very directly. You know what I mean. I've I've. I've, I was in the military, so I was one of those combatants on a certain level. And and being able to be like, yeah, we need to stop funding fucking war, man. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking profiting off of people dying. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you could this probably needs to be fact-checked, but uh, I remember it being said, and it could be just popular-level conspiracy mm-hmm. thinking, but uh, that our country provided jets to both Egypt and Israel mm. during their war in the 70s and uh it's like oh man what are we doing right yeah, yeah. and there are other examples of that kind of stuff of course yeah you funded. could find yeah. yeah very we usually package it up as though we're trying to be the quote unquote good guy for democracy yeah. well even the i mean the um what was it the contra the Reagan oh, yeah, Contra yeah. thing, yeah, Iran Contra, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's that's a you know, if you don't know what that is, go down that rabbit hole. And, and even in my own family, <laughs> reconciling, uh, you know, there's it's a joke in our family, but it's you know, the jokes often are connected to a truth. Yeah, there's, there's but the that real, we had relatives shit. in Texas on the border here, and who uh, watered Pershing's troops during mm. the day, and then watered. Pancho Villa's troops at night, mm-hmm. you know, his, mm. their horses at night, and profited from both, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so that you know it, that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, and, and that's and so being realistic about that, you know, that example you just gave is perfect, right? Like, yeah, yeah it's the truth of the thing, and 
we're allowed to wrestle with these hard concepts and try yeah. to like try to make sense of them and to diminish someone that's in the middle of that by saying, Oh, you're a hypocrite or yeah. you're or, or you don't know the what what you're not being realistic, or yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, no, I can be realistic and try to embrace these tough ideas of the of the Sermon on the Mount. The bottom the, line. Yeah. Well, the, the gospel yeah. goes below that bottom line. Yeah. And, and it's a radical dip, dip if mm-hmm. you will. And so. Well, and it's, and I, I do think, and this kind of goes back to the, what we talked about at the, the beginning of the, the podcast with this idea of like the spiritual life. Um, and not, and I'm not, not saying, you know, we, we sort of dismiss that idea of like spiritual warfare. I'm not talking about that. But this idea of the spiritual life, having things with us to help us on that spiritual journey. Yeah. And we we only we're our our senses are limited. Right. Right. So there's stuff bigger and beyond us that we can't even comprehend. Yeah. And I think that's where some of this stuff from the Sermon on the Mount really comes into play. Of like, yes, these things don't logically make... Actually, this is a better way. That This is actually the... I can actually talk to this much much more articulately. The 12 steps. You read those things and it logically does not fucking make sense. You read through those things and be like, how is this going to improve my life? It's not. And then you engage with those things and you can't believe you ever lived life without them. Because your life gets so much right. better. Because, and it's, it's not always on the bottom line. It's a lot of times it's the outside of your life has changed very little, but just being comfortable in your own skin, being awake and just sober, just being able to look someone else in the eyes, you know, or even just to like a lot of people will talk about at the end of their using, they can't even look in the mirror because they can't look themselves in the eyes. That's, that's how much shame and depression and um, all those negative things we talk about. Right. And, and people will talk about, you know, one day I looked in the mirror and I was actually able to look myself in the eyes and not feel like a fucking piece of shit. Right. And so, but if you read through them, if you, if you deliver them, someone say, here, do this. It's like, nah, this doesn't make any sense. This isn't going to work. This isn't, you know, cause it's not logical. It doesn't, it doesn't work within our logical mind, but in the spiritual world in the spiritual sense, in these senses where these things that are bigger than us that we can't see, we can't comprehend, or even if we can comprehend it, it's like, a small niche, right? It's yeah. a very, very little thing of the, of the bigger picture. Um, it's transformative. And I think that's where these, this idea of the Beatitudes, this idea of the um, Sermon on the Mount, you know, the parables, you could pick any parable, right? Um, I think that's where those really come into play. And so, but it doesn't sell. You're not going to make right. a, a mega church off of these ideas, um, but you might be transformed off of these ideas. You might be able to help one other person be transformed off of one of these ideas, and and, um, and it's just hard to articulate that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The towel that can't be named is not the towel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. Um. The going back, sort of. Well, I, I mean, just that quote. I, I feel like 
we kind of went down a rabbit hole, but that quote that you read that Marsha shared with you, is there anything else on your heart and mind from that, that as you, as you read it yesterday, or I don't know if it was today, maybe that just really, that, that we haven't touched on yet in this conversation, because it is, it is a very eye-opening quote for sure. Yeah, it's for me personally, it's to not, so, so it puts me at a, a crossroads, if you will, you mm-hmm. know, one to be ang- to going towards anger, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily wrong, but, but self-righteous anger, you of know, course. And, and that doesn't, an anger that doesn't really serve mm-hmm. anyone, you know. And it might serve you short term. Yeah, it makes but you feel to hold, to hold on to it. Else, <laughs> or take the other route, which is into uh, lamentation, sadness. And, 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 and ask the question, how can I serve in this? Mm. How can I be of service? Uh, you know, and in, like in South Africa, uh, at the end of apartheid, uh, you know, and, and that country has obviously still has incredible problems. Oh yeah. But, but they were looking at us, a, a civil war bloodbath mm-hmm. to occur and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And which is that in itself is unbelievable. Yeah. And so the, the theologians gathered uh, during that time and, and the, and the leaders to pastors and, and bishops and those kinds of people, mm-hmm. Bishop Tutu's uh, kind of the one that stands yeah, out. He's, he's the and, and, one that's you know, and talked about. Often. They drafted a, kind of a radical, uh, you know, they, they fleshed out a radical gospel message, which mm-hmm. is, you cannot demonize your enemy mm-hmm. because the moment you demonize them, then they're not responsible for what they've done. Uh, you've just turned them into a satanic the shadow mm-hmm. and now they're not humanly responsible and, and they're not going to take responsibility. And then, and then the change that we're looking for uh, is not going to happen. And so that's a radical mm-hmm. way of looking at, at evil on that level, you know, uh, and so, so yeah, to take that route uh, every time is, and 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 the because I, I it's funny because I just read within the last two weeks, um, I don't I wish I could remember who it was, but it was it was either a poet or philosopher talking about that about um, actually humanizing your quote unquote enemy yeah is the route to go because yeah. that's that's going it's going to do two things one it's it's going to open this idea of compassion, right? Yeah. Radical compassion. It's going to open this idea of um, that, and not to say they're they're just like you, right? But that they're human like you. Yeah. That the decisions and the choices and the things uh, they've done and decisions they've made, um, possibly given the same circumstances in your life that they've experienced, you might make those same decisions and, and ideas and you know what I mean? And so just connecting at a human level of being like, uh, sort of what you're saying a minute ago, that self-righteousness, right? Like dropping that and being like, okay, so yeah, you might be right. That might be true, but let's look at it as this person being a human, right? Instead of being, being the evil satanic shadow other. A force. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's even in Christian theology, you know, the greatest enemy, the last enemy is is called death, and Christ, you know, conquered mm-hmm. it. There's an ancient medieval 
doctrine called Christ is victor. Christ, that's what happened on the cross. Mm-hmm, right. But but what did Christ do with death? He befriended it. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he didn't. He embraced it. Yeah. He, you know, he became it. He mm-hmm. allowed death to enter into him, and he entered into it fully, mm-hmm. uh, and then transmuted it, transformed it into res- a new kind of life, tr- resurrection. Mm-hmm. He's not a zombie. He wasn't resuscitated. Right. Uh, but the way that we, you know, if you look at any church on Easter Sunday, it's usually he won, they lost, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of, and becomes Christian Pride Day. Well, and, and it's not, that's not what it is. Right. It's so much deeper than that. And when it's on that shallow level, it really sucks. Well, and one of my favorite parts about that story is he changed it so much. He embraced it so much. Christ, that is, that no one recognized him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> His closest friends were like, no, 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 this isn't real. Yeah. Who are you? What is going on here? Exactly. You know what I mean? So and it so, becomes a new humanity. And yeah. so that's what we're looking at. Yeah. That's what we're looking toward. And so that's why we do contemplation. That's why we do prayer. Well, I think, too, that's that's. So this is for sure my opinion. And it's been my experience too, but why do I engage with spiritual practices today? Well, at one point it was to literally save my life. I was drinking myself Mm -hmm. to death and someone said, Hey, try this instead of drinking yourself to death. And I was transformed. I'm not drinking myself to death anymore, anymore. Right. So it's like, well, I could, I could put that aside and just go back doing normal Western life shit. Or I could keep engaging with these things in hopes that I'm transformed again yeah. you know, and, and to be reborn again in some way and in, in ways that, and we talked about this in a recent podcast where embracing the fire, embracing the fire transformation, right? And be careful if you do that because the outcome is probably going to be something you didn't even anticipate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's usually the case. Yeah. It, it, it typically that's the case. And so, um, you know, those are those are the sorts of things that why I step into this today is is to be is to tr- attempt to embrace the flame of transformation because it's still scary, it's still terrifying. It should be. Yeah. It it's uh, I've done it enough to know the unpredictability of it. You know, I mean, even uh, living out here when we first met each other, that would have been an unpredictable outcome. Hmm. You know what I mean? And and now I've been here six, seven years, something like that. Um, and it's actually, this is a side note, but I ran into the new, or not new, she's been there several years, but the latest pastor at UUMC. So that's how I met you through Randall and, and Nima. Right, yeah. Came to see my grandma um, uh, yesterday in the hospital. And, and we started talking about, I just told her that I used to be the bookkeeper there when Randall was there. You and were then, the bookie for the Methodist. Yeah, the bookie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, but we started talking about Mission House, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and and sort of how um, she was very. I guess she doesn't. Uh, well, that's not true because she has lived in. But she was very baffled how that didn't become a quote unquote more successful thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like intentional living is not meant to be a no, successful no. thing. <laughs> um, and it's just funny because as I was <laughs> I was as I was chatting with her, I was just thinking about because you know, and in the midst of the conversation, I told her that I was living living out here in desert rain and had been for several years and sort of that that was, uh, I guess, my bridge. Retroactively, we could see that was my bridge to communal living, yeah. right? And so, um, oh, where the fuck? <coughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this story. <laughs> um, 
Oh, transformation. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fire, but, yeah, the fire transformation. Yeah, so, you know, I can remember mm-hmm. leading up to Mission House not really wanting to do it because it wasn't the logical thing. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was it was very countercultural. Um, but I was just like, what the hell? Like I'm interested in this and it'll push me out of my um comfort zone to do something different. You know what I mean? And and for sure that's that's what it did. And and so having that conversation yesterday with with this um and I'm sorry because I don't remember her name, but um was a reminder of that. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, like when you embrace the fire of transformation, you don't you're gonna get well, it's a Jonah, you're gonna get spit out in a foreign land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or, or Jesus also used the image of the wind. You know, the, the the wind blows. You don't know where it's going, where it's come from, what the hell it's doing. Where so it's, it it's going to go. Yeah, where it's going to go. So it is with the people of the Spirit. Mm. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> or are we? <laughs> um, so to go back, just to revisit back at the beginning of the conversation oh, as far yeah. as the the rosary and the the stuff like that sort of the our intro into this conversation is there anything else um do you happen to know the shop the name of the shop you buy? it's a beautiful fucking rosary i'll put it in the intro well okay, you can yeah. look it up yeah yeah anyways is there anything else about about uh, that i, I just i guess part of the motivation is also uh i'm reincorporating all of my past prayer forms into mm-hmm. centering prayer. So so I do a modified rosary of mm-hmm. Hail Marys and Our Fathers, but I also put in uh, moments of speaking in tongues mm-hmm. on certain beads, uh, so that charismatic kind of thing. And I just kind of fell into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reality is no one, I've been alone on the noon prayer sit for a while, and so I... I needed something to, mm-hmm. it's, it's harder to practice alone outside like that when someone's not sitting with you or a couple of people, you know, and at least me, that's me. And so this has helped me focus mm-hmm. more in. And so I, so I throw in the Jesus prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then, you know, once that nervous energy is burned off, mm-hmm. then I go into the centering prayer of the silence. And, and another motive is, uh, uh, the, you know, Call it if you want to externalize it. Call it the spirit world. Maybe it's just the world and your internal world. Mm-hmm. But anyway, either way that you see it, or both, some combination of. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to be going into the wilderness just willy nilly, <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking of these poor people from Germany a couple of years ago. You know they didn't, and we've we've had we had a German kid stay here one mm-hmm. time, and he was doing some roofing in June mm-hmm. uh, with Jacob. I'm using J's there. And I told him, yeah, you you need to, like, he was doing it with his shirt off. Right. And I was like, you that's probably a, shouldn't do this, yeah, that's my not friend. that's a great idea. And he's, oh, no, no, because he was excited about sunshine. Of course. And I was like, don't be excited about sunshine. Yeah. It's trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, Did he end up like a lobster? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he didn't end up in the hospital. Yeah. And then, yeah, a few years ago, a German family, a couple in their, I think 12 year old were at white sands and mm. they got overheated and yeah. lost these poor kids. Parents died yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, so, so 
in some ways the spirit world is like that. Yeah. And you don't want to go in, you know, you want to go in with the spirit of God with you, the, your, the saints that watch after you, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, good luck charm, your, uh, you know, all that, all that kind of yeah. stuff, you know. And, and so I've been, I guess I've been visiting new places in that wilderness. And mm-hmm. so, well, it's, so I'm, you know, taking some tools with me, if you will. Yeah, and it, it goes back to that, uh, we've talked about this, but the sort of that yard cell yeah, idea yeah. where you go through the garage, the spiritual garage, and see which things are um, maybe you've put away for a season. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Maybe maybe you've used some things up where they, they're not quite connecting, so you can put those aside and, yeah. and just figure out what you need to integrate into your spiritual life today. And once again, not being dualistic about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being like, these things used to serve me. They don't serve me right now. Right. These things used to serve me. I put them away and now I'm bringing them back. You yeah, know what I mean? And exactly. it's not right or wrong. It's not. No. It's just It's just the evolution. And, and it, yeah, and I stumbled into it. It's not like I sat down and said, oh, I need to incorporate right, more yeah, of my yeah, past. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's just something I stumbled into and yeah. that became the need, yeah. if you will. And, and so here I am. You here know, we are, baby. Maybe next week, but give it away to somebody. I yeah. don't know. So. You feel good? Yeah, yeah. A little Beautiful. asthma and allergies still kicking up, but yeah. Well, he started. Our, our buddy started weed whacking yeah. again. Luckily, <laughs> it wasn't the same effect as last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Mr. Danny West, you, for making us uh, sound good on the microphones and in the post post pro, uh, production. Uh, thank you to Jacob Nedia. That's what you hear in the background. Monkdrums.com. Uh, thank you. Mr. Morrison. Thank you, Mr. Mason. David Morrison. We uh, dreamwalkerway.com for Desolate Beauty Book of uh, Light and Shadow for the Haiku book. And we will be posting, hopefully by the time this episode's up, which will be in a few weeks, we will have a pre-order link for David's next book um, in around uh, several essays specific uh to the uh contemplative life is that a pretty good synopsis yeah Yeah. which i assure you i'm working diligently on (laughs) hours and hours a day (laughs) and uh uh, i think that's it (laughs) audiobook baby thank you um we by the time this is posted for sure the audiobook will have been sent to the kickstarter uh supporters and will have been posted on audible Com. That's the other thing. Audible, you can find uh, David's book. It's narrated by him. Um, and then also you can find the Kindle version on Kindle. Both of them both of them are Amazon companies. So you actually can just go to Amazon. And at some point we will shift the physical book to Amazon. So you can get all three versions or any one of the three versions you prefer. So thank you for the reminder, Mr. West. And... That's it. And let's get into it. Let's get into it.